0: When I started ghost blogging, I did not have a traditional or typical writer's website. Sure, I had clips of pieces that I'd written, and I had a blog that I was writing on, but I didn't actually have a writer's website. Welcome to the Blog it Friends Show. What's up guys? Famous Ashley Grant here and welcome to the ghost blogging episode of the bloggy Friends show. Before I dive into today's content, I just want to thank everyone for their reactions to my first episode. It's no secret. I was terrified to release this podcast for years. I've wanted to do an online show and you guys, every single time that I started to write an outline or record audio, I would catch myself tucking it away, pushing it to the side And to be honest with you, it's the reason that my first episode dropped on April Fool's Day. I wanted to release episodes weekly on Fridays, but I chose a Wednesday for the inaugural episode just so it would fall on April Fool's Day. That way I figured if it sucked, I could just say it was a joke. (laughs) To be honest with you, everyone so far has been so supportive. You guys have been so awesome with your messages, your comments, your words of wisdom, your atta girls. I just, I really want you to know how much I appreciate the feedback. I know I'll probably keep being scared for a while, but I'm going to keep trying and keep powering through the fear because I have big plans for this show and future projects. And I finally realized that my goals just aren't going to accomplish themselves. Anyway, I just, I wanted to reiterate how much I appreciate every word, every comment, all the, all the wonderful messages that you guys have been sending me. I I really, really appreciate it. And I want to let you know that I'm going to keep going and keep chasing my dreams. I'm so grateful to have such amazing people in my corner rooting me on. All right. Enough of this sappy show of emotion. What I want to talk about today is ghost blogging. You know, this episode is going to serve as a little bit of a time capsule in a way, because right now in 2020, I can't believe that I'm saying we're living through a pandemic. I mean, something like this was never even on my radar because of Miss Coronavirus. So many people are losing jobs and having to transition their nine to five jobs to stay at home work. And many of the entrepreneurs I know, they're still working, but even they have been taking pay cuts and had struggles as a result of these insane times. And obviously, like many of us, I hope that things get back to normal soon, and I hope we all come out stronger on the other side for it. I have to say I'm incredibly grateful that I've worked from home for more than a decade. I mean, sure, I've had nine to five stints here and there, but for the most part, I've been a work-from-home writer since 2007. And as I've been watching the workforce change, especially now, I've gotten so many questions from people over the years about how I'm earning a living and how they can do it too. And so that's what I want to talk about today, the not-so-wild world of ghost blogging. So what is a ghost blogger? Odds are you know what a ghost writer is. But just in case you don't, a ghost writer is a writer who pens content on behalf of of another individual in their voice or as close to it as possible when you don't share a bloodline <laughs> and they might never have even met in, the, in, in person they might not have met in person but they they write for this person and give them the byline ghost blogging is very much the same thing only instead of writing books or pamphlets or press releases or even landing pages you focus on blog posts on behalf of someone else so The person who pays you and strokes your fragile self-confidence by telling you how amazing you are, that's your boss. That's your that's your client. And I focus strictly on blog posts, both short form, short and long form, but only blog posts nonetheless. And the reason for that is I have found over the years that those are the things that I specialize in. It's what I'm best at. Yes, I've written books in the past and I've written, you know, press releases and all that kind of stuff. But I have found that blog posts are my absolute favorite to write. So why did I choose ghost blogging? As I mentioned in the last episode, I got into ghost blogging in about January 2014 when it literally landed in my lap. A lady I had met asked me if I would be interested in writing her blog posts because her writer was going to be quitting and she simply didn't have time to produce her own content. Now, because I was losing work at the time under my own name, I jumped at the chance to write under someone else's. And that first year, I got to tell you, it was a whirlwind of chaos and complete learning curves. I had to learn the client's voice. I had to figure out how to gain new clients. And then as I gained new clients, I had to learn their voices too. But it ended up being an amazing year. And I earned enough that first year to go on my first vacation that I'd been on in years. We went to Thailand. And while we were there, I realized that I could turn this idea of working for other people under their names into an amazing business working from anywhere in the world. And though my name wasn't on the blog posts anymore, I was making good money, and I knew I could keep working on my own blog under my name in my free time. Like I said, I've ghostwritten books and press releases and all that stuff, but blogging, no matter what, continues to be my favorite type of content to create. I, in fact, I've turned down offers for other work just so that I could focus on ghost blogging. And you might find whenever you start ghost writing for someone that you prefer to stick to a niche as well. I know some writers who only want to write books for others or they want to only do press releases or only do landing pages. And all of that's totally fine. You have to figure out what works best for you and then do that. So... I figured because of all the questions I get about ghostwriting, now's the perfect time to completely lift the curtain and tell you everything I know about breaking into the world of ghost blogging. So, obviously, for starters, you need to be able to write a blog post. There are plenty of places to learn copywriting, and I'm not going to share any of that with you in this in this episode because, you know, that would take an entire episode, maybe two or three or four. But with practice, you can fine tune your process of researching and writing both short form and long form pieces. You do have to be a, a pretty decent writer. I mean, after all, you wouldn't go to a hairstylist who gets lots of complaints online that they don't know how to style hair, would you? Wait a minute. Am I the only one getting flashbacks to the movie Grease when Frenchie accidentally mismatched the colors and turned her hair pink in beauty school? I don't know about you, but I can suddenly hear Frankie Avalon singing Beauty School Dropout. Just me? Okay, never mind. Moving on. Back to the importance of being a decent writer. Now notice I didn't say you have to be the greatest writer who ever lived. That's why we have editors. Imagine you and another person are being chased by a bear. All right, stick with me. I know this sounds crazy, but just imagine for a moment that you're both being chased by a bear. You don't have to be faster than the bear. You just have to be faster than the other person who's also being chased by a bear. It's the same thing with writing. All you really need to do is be better than the person you're writing for. So the number one question I get whenever people consider being a ghostwriter is, do I need a website? To this, I can honestly say no. Not exactly but what you do need is what's called clips proof that you can write now interestingly enough when i started ghost blogging i did not have a traditional or typical writer's website sure i had clips of pieces that i'd written and i had a blog that i was writing on but i didn't actually have a writer's website in fact my first ghost blogging client found me because she saw stuff she saw stuff that i had written in newspapers and in local magazines But how can you break into ghost blogging? In other words, how can you prove you know how to write without a website, especially if you haven't had anybody that you've written for before? So if I was starting right now, what I would do is I would jump on medium.com. I mean, that's one of the first places that you can easily grab some clips. You can write about anything you want to on medium.com. You could write on other people's blogs. This is called guest posting. And I plan on doing an entire show about that in the future, but basically you can write on someone else's blog to prove that you know how to write. Or you could start a blog of your own. I mean, it's really simple to start a blog, to be honest with you. You can start one in less time than it takes to order a pizza. Or if you didn't want to do any of that and you just really wanted to get some content quickly, you could write mock posts, what's called mock posts on Google docs that you can share with potential clients. The, the key is that you need to write something on a platform that gives you a link that you can send to someone when and if they ask for clips and they probably will because they want to see that you can write about what you're saying you can write about. And here's the thing, I get it. Building a writer website can be time consuming. And most people that are looking into ghost blogging, they want to start working right away. Building a website that can take a long time and it might take a lot longer than you have time for right now. So if I was starting over again today and couldn't build a website, here's what I would do. I would create a Facebook fan page and call it something simple like Ashley's ghost blogging business because it's free. I'd grab a Twitter account, a LinkedIn page, that kind of stuff. I would write a post, or maybe a few posts on medium.com, about the type of content that I wanted to be hired for. Now, yes, I'm talking about niches. Here's the cool thing about blogs that are out there. There are loads of topics, so you can set yourself apart by becoming an expert in one topic and get loads of work in this area. When I first started ghost blogging, I was writing almost exclusively for travel agents, and I got pretty good at knocking out posts quickly because of how many assignments I had in the travel niche. Now, the cool part was that I started learning how to come up with blog post ideas that I had, that I was writing simply because I had been writing so much about travel. Like I was going to so many different websites and researching all of the content. And so quickly I was able to see what was trending, what was working, what wasn't, and what was helping my travel agent clients. And within a year, I wrote more than 100 posts on travel, you know, and it's crazy to think about how much I've grown just since that first year. So what you want to do is start thinking about what topics interest you, because odds are there are businesses related to your favorite topics. For example, let's say you love jewelry. Perhaps you could work on blogs for business owners that run Etsy type businesses or homemade jewelry businesses. Or if you're all about fitness, maybe you could write for a personal trainer or even a gym franchise. Maybe you could talk until you're blue in the face about homeschooling. Believe it or not, there are virtual business owners that actually need writers who can write content about that kind of stuff too. So if you can't find businesses that are related to your topic exactly, Believe it or not, there are ones out there that can interest you just enough, and the possibilities are really endless. They're virtually endless. You wouldn't believe the types of things that you can find to write about. I mean, some of my background, yeah, I did a lot of travel writing, but I also have written for everything from foot fungus to um, the best diamonds you can choose for your jewelry, so there's a lot of variety that's out there. But let's get back to what I would do if I was starting today. So once I had my Facebook page up and a few, pay, a few posts about the topic that I want to write about published on Medium.com, what I would do next is I would create a PayPal account if I didn't already have one. I would create a contract for my clients, and then I would decide on my pricing strategy. And I would then go to a place like Canva.com to develop some graphics announcing that I'm a writer for hire. After all the business sides of things was handled. Then I would start going about trying to find my first clients, because after all, you need clients if you're going to make money, right? (laughs) Where are these potential clients, you ask? They're everywhere, my bloggy friend. They're online, they're offline, they might even live next door. In fact, they might not even have a blog yet. Odds are, you already know someone, or you know someone who knows someone, who needs a writer. So to start, I would go to my current network of friends and family. I would share my clips and ask them if they know anyone who needs a writer for content similar to this. If I didn't get any bites in the initial phase, I would start searching for businesses I'd like to work with. I'd grab my local Chamber of Commerce directory, join networking groups in person and online, join Facebook and LinkedIn groups, and basically tell everyone and their brother that I'm open for business. All the while, I would continue writing on Medium and other platforms, maybe even my own blog, about the topic that's similar to the one I want to ghost blog about. Each time I would share any of those links on Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn, I would add a simple message that says something like, if you need content like this, DM me or private message me. Now, I'm going to let you guys in on a little secret that I don't think I've shared anywhere else. When I'm in a pinch for client work and leads are drying up, The place I go to to get work is PR and marketing agencies, so public relations and marketing agencies, because here's the thing, all of their clients, they need content, and they know it. They can have in-house staff do it sometimes, but there are times that they'll bring on an outside contractor to knock out the work that much faster. That's where people like me come in. This allows them to get the job done, look good to the client, and I still get paid. Everyone wins. Most of the work I've gotten has been via referral, but when I really need work, I often will go back to the list of agencies I haven't pitched yet or even the ones that I have and just throw my hat in the ring because the more I can keep people remembering who I am, they might throw me some work. More often than not, I'll get a message back that they either don't need someone right now or that they'll consider me in the future, but they often will say that they'll keep my information on file because they like to have a pool of writers. So follow up when you need work, reach out to new places as often as you can. You never know when a pitch will yield work. Could be immediately, could be far down the road. That's why you have to keep pitching yourself. (laughs) I will tell you, I've also gotten work on websites like Upwork and Fiverr. And I know these websites get a really bad rep. And yes, there are a lot of jerks on there that are looking for cheap labor and that are just a pain in the ass to work with. But you can actually secure work on these platforms. You just have to be careful. Still, I do agree with you. I know what you're thinking, and I do agree. These platforms are more of a last resort than where you should begin your hunt for clients. Other places i found writing gigs have been on job boards, by attending conferences like blogging conferences or marketing conferences, and even by being a guest on radio, television, and other podcasts. In fact, one of the podcasts that I was a guest on yielded more than $400 on a single day of writing work. I got to promote my business, I landed an easy 400 bucks, and all the while I was providing content to the podcast host it was a wonderful experience and i have to say that since then i've been on other podcasts and i just keep getting my name out there because again you never know where your next gig will come from so you have to continually be marketing and promoting yourself so one of the places that Some of my writing friends have found success in landing gigs which actually surprised me was Facebook Marketplace and in Facebook groups where you can sell your content. I didn't even know these groups existed but you can go onto them and if you get approved by the admin you can add information about your writing and content that you have for sale. It can either be um, new content or you can pitch to write custom pieces. So it might be something that you want to look into whenever you're just starting out. But if you're like me and you hate having to put anything on but yoga pants for the day, you'll likely want to do most of your search online. And believe it or not, I've never met 90% of the people that I've worked for. We literally handle all of the elements of our business completely online. And it's awesome. I love ghost blogging as a business because I get to make my own hours, I work, out my, I work at my own pace, I negotiate my rates, and then I do the work and I get paid. It's truly been the most fruitful work of my writing career. Now let's talk about what to do once you land your first client. You'll first negotiate and agree on the terms of your writing gig. Do yourself a favor, save every email get everything in writing. If they want to chat on the phone or via Skype, sure, that's fine. But do yourself a favor and send them a recap email of everything that was said and get confirmation that they understood and you guys are on the same page because you want to get everything in writing so that you protect yourself and the client. Before you write a single word for them, agree to details like the date of delivery, whether or not your fee will include a rewrite, whether the tone will be friendly or professional, the keywords they want included in the post, approved places for research, and so on. You also need to agree in advance on the method of payment and how invoices and payments will be handled. Some of the writers, I know, they charge non-refundable deposits up front. Others charge the full amount once the job is done. You'll just have to decide what works best for you. So after everything has been agreed to and it's time to get to work, here's my suggested workflow for your writing assignments. Step one, get the topic the client wants along with the keywords they would like you to include in the post. If they have any research they've already done on the topic, go ahead and get that from them as well. Step two, remember, only after agreeing to the terms, topics, word length, etc. should you begin writing. But now it's time to start researching your topics. Do you want to understand jet lag so you can ghost blog for travel specialists? Fly to Thailand like I did. (laughs) It'll make you a better blogger. (laughs) I swear. If you're writing for a photographer, you might need to research their photography style, their website, the photography topics that they want to discuss on their blog posts, got to look at everything so you can write with their authority because remember their byline is going to be on the post and that means their reputation is the one that's on the line so i suggest going after clients who need the type of content that you already know about in the beginning it'll make your life so much easier when i started writing for travel agents i have to be honest i didn't know much about travel i had to do a ton of research that might not have taken so much time if i'd initially known more about the travel industry other than how to book a ticket online. After years of working with them, I'm still learning, and I'm still doing quite a bit of research, but now I have a much better grip on the subject. My industry-specific know-how helps me assist in coming up with blog post ideas, knowing where to go, and where to even begin the research process. Step 3. Write the post by the date you said you would, and send it to the client, either as a Word document, a Google Doc, or in the body of an email. How you submit your work will obviously depend on what you and your client agreed to ahead of time. I personally prefer Google Docs because I can access them anywhere with Wi-Fi, and both I and the client can add comments directly into the document for edits and ideas and all that stuff. Now I have to take a quick moment and just reiterate something of great importance. Always meet your deadlines. Trust me, the fastest way to lose your blogging clients is to be late and/or drop the ball completely. If they want a post every Friday by 5 pm, you better make sure they get their posts every Friday by 5 pm. Bonus points if you're early because then they really know they can rely on you. Here's the thing. In the past 13 years, I have written a lot of content. I've also been an editor and a manager and someone who fires and hires writers. And nothing irks me more than a writer who can't meet their deadline, especially if they don't acu- if they don't communicate with me that they will be late with a good reason. I personally have blacklisted writers who can't communicate, follow instructions, or meet deadlines, and I don't want that to happen to you. So just please communicate with your clients and try to be on time. Okay, end rant. Back to my suggested steps for your workflow. <laughs> Step four: rewrite the piece if necessary. This may be needed a lot in the beginning as you learn your client's voice. It's not uncommon for me to spend a long time writing the first post and do up to three revisions just because I'm trying to learn their their voice in that initial post. And this can happen with a couple of posts. So don't freak out if you have to rewrite occasionally in the beginning. Now remember, the whole point of ghostwriting is to allow your client to take the credit. If they would never use certain quotes or say things like, dude, or awesome, or put a pin in it, you'll need to adapt to their way of writing. For example, one of my clients, she hates the phrase, not so much, and another doesn't like any references to tofu in her healthy eating blog posts. So in the beginning, what you'll need to do is interview your client thoroughly to learn how they talk and what they want to get out there to their readers. Both your credibility and your profit margin will shrink every time you have to revise a draft because the voice is off. Step five invoice the client for the work provided. Add terms and conditions for when you want to be paid. Set this precedent in the beginning so there are no surprises. You need to communicate thoroughly with your client. For example, every invoice that I send out states, terms, net 30 days, and past due amounts are subject to a $10 or 10% late fee, whichever is larger. Because I'm clear on this, there isn't a surprise when a late fee invoice is submitted if they are late. Now for the hardest part about being a ghost blogger, well at least it is for me, maybe it's just me. You have to keep your work a secret. If you can't handle keeping mum about what you've written, ghost blogging might not be a good option for you. I personally have trouble with this sometimes because I'm one of those vain, annoying writers who can't wait to tell everyone about my latest work. I know, surprising, someone calling themselves famous Ashley Grant can't wait to tell. But here's the thing. If your client is not okay with going public about the fact that they use a ghost blogger, you have to keep your mouth shut. In fact, don't be surprised if you have to sign a non-disclosure agreement, which means you could face legal ramifications if you don't keep quiet about your work. Don't end up in court. Okay. The truth is, ghost blogging requires a lot of work. But when you're willing to put in the effort, you can develop a pretty decent stream of income before you know it you will have to pitch to a lot of people, and you will get a lot of rejection. But the more you do it, the more yeses you'll get, and the more writing that you do, the more you'll be able to prove that you know what you're doing. So the question now is, what are you waiting for? Get your clips together and start looking for work today. That's all I really have for today's episode, but I hope this was inspiring and gave you a glimpse into what it's like to be a ghostwriter. Thank you for listening, and until next time, may your page views be high and your bounce rate below.